Hello, my name is Lauren Ober, and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. Whether it is Typhoon Haiyan, which tore through Southeast Asia late last year, or the Indian Ocean earthquake and tsunami of 2004, or the catastrophic effects of Hurricane Katrina the following year, media reports of natural disasters appear unrelenting. But are there more natural disasters today, or are we simply more aware of them because of real-time, round-the-clock media coverage? And more importantly, what policies might soften their devastating impact? In this issue of Finance and Development magazine, IMF economist Nicole Laframboise says the frequency of natural disasters has indeed increased, and it's usually poorer countries that are affected more than the developed. The statistics are pretty striking in terms of the number of people that are affected by natural disasters. The majority are in middle or low-income countries. Now, that is a function of many things, but people in, in developing countries, they are more likely to live in high-risk areas and those countries tend to have weaker infrastructure. Developing countries rely more on sectors such as agriculture and tourism that depend on the weather. And their sectors are more interconnected, which makes their economies more vulnerable to shocks. And they don't have as, as good emergency coping mechanisms. And by that I'm talking about things like you know, alarm systems, developed institutions that are able to mobilize quickly to provide transportation and communication. What we also found is that uh, it's the more vulnerable members of society in both the low-income and the higher-income countries who suffer the most during natural disasters, particularly in the lower-income countries. In the piece, you talked about the Philippines and Typhoon Haiyan and, and the effects there, and then later in the piece you discussed New Zealand and the earthquakes there. And so I'm wondering if you can sort of draw a comparison because I think that those obviously signify a developing country and how it dealt with the shock of a natural disaster in a developed country and, and its response. The impact of natural disasters on the economy can depend on many things, including the size and structure of the economy, the concentration of people living in high-risk areas, for instance, on the coast or on an island. It depends on per capita income and the financial system development. In other words, how much access people have to financial, to banks, to bank accounts, to the ability to borrow. Recent studies have found that uh, higher skills better institutions, for, for example, local governments, uh, you know, health services, police, the rule of law, those all make a difference. In addition, more openness to trade and countries with higher government spending, this helps to lower the costs of natural disaster. So these are things where probably in a lot of those areas, New Zealand had a big advantage. And certainly the data shows that the impact in terms of permanent output losses would be probably much lower in a country like New Zealand. In addition, countries that have deeper financial systems but also access to insurance, that is probably the best outcomes are in that because they're able to transfer the risks and the costs of that outside of the country or outside of at least their individual businesses or families. And New Zealand was a very good example of that. That was a fairly sizable shock to the economy. Two earthquakes fairly close together was approximately 10% of GDP, which is not insignificant. But they had more than half of that was covered by insurance. And in fact, they had very limited disruption in overall output. In fact, the rebound from the reconstruction helped growth to rise the following year. 
I'm wondering then what some of your conclusions were in terms of economic policy and how that could play in to disaster mitigation or preparation. We felt it helped to organize the policy thoughts and formulation, and we called these the pillars of disaster risk management. And those are the risk assessment, risk reduction, self-insurance, and risk transfer. So that's sort of the framework that we put together. Some basic lessons are well known is that, you know, more room in the budget for emergency spending will definitely help to reduce the costs of crisis. Insurance coverage and lower debt also raises the flexibility to react and reconstruct as needed. Less obvious but very important, there's room for improvement in the policy frameworks, particularly for countries at high risk. In countries where they're well-known prone to natural disasters, for instance, in the Caribbean, on average, they can expect to be hit by some form of external shock like a hurricane every two years. Can we make a case for establishing the probability of shocks, identifying better where the vulnerabilities are, and integrating this into plans for structural spending to reduce risks and insurance? If you're talking about an emerging economy, what is the motivation then for them to put these policies in place that are forward thinking? Well, that's a very good question. That is, you know, the sort of million dollar question in this area, particularly for for the middle income emerging markets, because they have unlimited and unending options for how they spend public resources. And there's always either social needs or other infrastructure where they will want to allocate resources. And of course, there's not ever excess resources. And this is sort of planning for the rainy day or the what if. And it's much more tempting to spend on what you need rather than put money into something that may never actually happen. But the shocks will occur. The cumulative long-term impact on growth and real per capita incomes, it's not just a short term. Sometimes it can be, but oftentimes, particularly in the lower income countries, there's a cumulative long-term impact on generations of lifetime earning and welfare. And if that can be minimized by advanced planning and more coordination internationally and creating frameworks that make allowances for these possible eventualities, there is something to be gained for everyone That was Nicole Laframboise, the Deputy Division Chief in the Caribbean Division of the IMF, on the ways that macroeconomic policies can address the human and financial impacts of natural disasters. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more at www.soundcloud.com backslash IMF hyphen podcasts.